This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. And I feel like when people are pregnant, I think it's a time where imagination really does tend to flow or they feel like, man, this is what I'm going through right now is like superhuman, (laughs) right? I'm carrying this being inside of me. And like this is insane. And they feel empowered to do something out of the box. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week on The Portrait System, Sophia Barrett is back for part two. This time, Sophia really opens up and shares her personal story about her why for doing maternity portraits. She also tells us about how she got out of shooting weddings and why this has been so great for her and her family. Sophia also dives much deeper this time into her marketing strategies and about how she has around 70% of her clients coming to her studio from out of town. I just love this interview as much as the first one, so I'm so excited to have her back. Welcome back, Sophia Barrett. Hi, Sophie. Welcome back for part two of your interview on the portrait system. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I am so, so, so excited. I love our conversation last time, so I'm, I've been really looking forward to this one. 
I know me too. I, I think this is the first time we've done like a, an actual part two. Like we've oh. kind of done follow-ups here and there, like where are they now kind of thing, but we've never really done a part two. You're my first, my first oh one. Oh my gosh. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for the honor. <laughs> well, I know there's just a lot we didn't cover and, mm-hmm. and so much that we still had to get into. And um, yeah, I wanted to make sure we got to cover everything. Absolutely. If you haven't listened to the first episode, it'll say Sophia Barrett. I call her Sophie because that's what she usually goes by, but uh, it's episode 179. So make sure you listen to that one first. I think it's two before this one or three before this one. I'm not exactly sure. But anyways, episode 179. Okay. So I know one of the things we we wanted to chat about was how, well, first I do want to talk about how you left weddings, but before we do that, Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about why maternity portraits were so important to you and, and you know, why on a personal level and, and what got you to doing those shoots. Okay, sure. So weddings, we loved shooting weddings. Weddings was, was fun for us. My husband and I, we photographed them together. My husband is an awesome photographer himself. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so we kind of got into it really at the same time. So we learned at the same time. I had some previous knowledge from like one course I took in school and just from playing with cameras from when I was a kid. But, you know, we really, when we started to really focus or when I started to focus on photography, he was right there alongside with me. So um, we loved photographing weddings, but I wanted more control I wanted to be able to have more time with the bride, of course. I wanted to spend more time creating like really beautiful portraits and, you know, being at the mercy of the schedule of the wedding day and what the weather is like outside and whatever else. That was really frustrating for me, as it is for any wedding photographer. So I wanted to get into portraiture, but... I wasn't exactly sure which genre I wanted to focus on. So I was just photographing everything. Um, I started getting into newborns. I started getting into family. I started getting into just, you know, more commercial-like shoots. I started just doing everything. But this was maybe 2014. I photographed a maternity session And I just felt this need to do something different with the maternity session. So I got some glass and I painted a bunch of different, it was like uh, acrylic, like a plexiglass or whatever. Okay. um, Yeah. I was going to say like, what do you mean? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And I painted a bunch of colors onto the glass. I used some water and I photographed the, the mother through this you know, whatever it was that I did. And it was artistic. It was different. She really liked it. It didn't turn out exactly how I wanted it to, but she was happy with the portraits. um, And I was proud to give them to her to provide that for her. But I, there was just something about maternity that really resonated with me. So at that time, my husband and I, you know, we had just gotten married in 2011. So we we were waiting to start having children for like another year. So we started 
to try to have kids. We're still shooting weddings at this point. And year after year, we're just, you know, not getting pregnant. And that was, it started getting really difficult because we would come into contact, you know, when, when you're in that season, when you're in the season of wedding, you getting married, your friends are usually getting married, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in the season of baby making, (laughs) your family and your friends, people who are close to you, similar age, they're also going through that same phase. So everyone around me was getting pregnant. And, you know, I would have people say to me, you know, what's going on with you? Why aren't y'all pregnant? Like, why aren't y'all pregnant yet? Why why haven't you guys had a kid yet? Y'all need to hurry up and catch up. You know, uh, my daughter. Isn't that the worst? Yes. God, people have no yes. idea sometimes what you're going through. It's just like, shut Absolutely. up. <laughs> Absolutely. People would be like, my daughter needs a playmate. My, you know, son needs a girlfriend when they're older or, you know, just different comments. And we'd found out that both of us were contributing to us not being able to have kids. So it was difficult to deal with because I, of course, I I planned my whole life from when I was a little kid. I knew what I was going to, when I was going to get married. I knew when I was going to have my first, you know, my, my, my career. I knew this, I knew that. Um, And we had planned, like we got married, you know, at this time we'll start having children. We'll have this many kids and blah, blah, blah. So it was just, that was tough for me. And then dealing with everyone and the pressure that everyone gave me or, like stupid stuff like, oh, you're not praying hard enough or you need to change the way you live or you need to, you know, just all this fake information that they thought was contributing to us not being able to have kids. So the doctors told us that the only way for us to have kids was to do IVF. We could do IVF. We could do surrogacy. We could adopt So we chose IVF and, you know, we had to pretty much change a whole bunch in order to, to afford the IVF and to, for me to go through that process of injecting myself and with all the, the, you know, the hopes that I would have a child, that I would get pregnant. I didn't want to go through that more than once. I don't think anybody ever does Mm -hmm. want to go through that more than once. Mm -hmm. So I was determined. I was like, this is it. I'm going to have a child at the end of this process. So, you know, I am sitting on the table and they're placing the embryo in me. And at this time, they're telling me, by the way, Sophie, you barely had any eggs that we were able to retrieve. And the eggs that we did retrieve were not the best quality. Um, we have like seven. <laughs> and out of the seven, we have two embryos that look like they could work, but then something happened to one of the embryos. So we really only have one that we're going wow. to be placing in you. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. You got one. Thank God this is going to work. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, they are placing the embryo. I'm taking video. My husband's there. We're taking pictures. I took photos of that that screen and I 
was sending it to my friends and family. And I was telling them like, this is going to be, you know, your, your nephew, this is going to be your son, this, or your um, grandchild or whatever. And, you know, I'm waiting that period that you're supposed to wait. I, I go back for them to, to see, you know, they're supposed to do a blood test to see if you're pregnant and whatever else. So I'm waiting for them to call me back and they call me back and they're, they're like, you know, it, it did not take, you know, you are not pregnant. So everything like just shut down for me. Like, and during this time I was like photographing more maternity sessions because pregnancy was on the brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pregnancy was on the brain. And because of how much pregnancy was on the brain, I was pouring into maternity. Like I was getting creative with it. It was this, this beautiful state of being that I was aspiring to, to join, to be in, right? Myself with, you know, my peers And I was photographing these people with like, that's going to be me. I'm going to have my own maternity session. I'm going to do it big or whatever else. So when they told me that I'm still shooting maternity sessions, like I I had just finished a session that day. So my husband comes, he he leaves work, you know, we're, we're trying to get through it. So we like... Maybe a couple weeks after that, maybe like a week after that or two, I am starting to have difficulties with my eyes. Like I'm, I'm getting up from a seated position and my eyes are blacking out and wow. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. We're going back and forth to the doctors, trying to understand. Meanwhile, the, the, the infertility doctors are like, so when are you coming in for your next round? So I find out that I now have a disease called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is most likely brought on by all the hormones and everything that I was injecting and how I was like messing with my body. So it, it was most likely something that was underlying in me, something that was just waiting to be triggered, you know, or that was, could have been easily triggered if I started doing things like IVF. So it's an incurable disease. Basically, my brain acts like it has a brain tumor without it having a brain tumor. So my Holy brain swells. Shit. Yeah. And it. what was happening was that from all the swelling and whatever else, my optic nerves were bleeding and they were bruised. So people who have this can suddenly, you know, go blind. There's a whole mess of stuff that you can go through because your brain is out of whack. Like there's there's stuff going on, right? So we decide we're not going to do another round of IVF. And instead of IVF, we go through foster, foster care. We started fostering. And this is when we decided, okay, we need to be home on the weekends. We can't work on the weekends because we plan on being foster parents, you know, and being available to the children that will be living with Mm -hmm. us. So what I started to do is we started to somewhat phase out of weddings and I started posting, right? And, and advertising and um, talking to people about 
my my portraiture. Like we weren't we went all in because we didn't have a choice. We had to switch from weddings to portraiture so that we could be home more. Mm-hmm. So what I started to do was I started to do more test shoots. Um, I, at this point, started to really, you know, give myself fully to this creative side of, of maternity portraiture that I was doing. And I was able to focus in a more, in a better state of mind because we were fostering. Mm-hmm. And wow. through me fostering, I started to have peace. Like I started to not feel this crazy need to be pregnant <laughs> or to, you yeah. know, have my own child. Because what was happening is, is like we were seeing that there are children who are here right now who are being abused in the most criminal way. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. So like that was just hard for us. Even mm-hmm. in the foster care system, like the things that the kids go through was insane for us to witness. So it, like it, the need for me it was ego. Like I realized that yes, you know, it's it would be beautiful to have a child of my own right of, of for me to 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 bear a child and to see my likeness in the child and my husband's likeness in the child but then after that right like what was really important at at the time right then it was more important and what mattered more and what the bigger picture was was that there's children right now right here and they needed you exactly mm-hmm. so Oh, we God. no longer cared about getting pregnant. Like I didn't care about any of that. We just wanted to become parents to, you know, a child in need. So, you know, through that process, we adopted our daughter. And like she's amazing. She's she's a handful. <laughs> she's but she's like so bright. She's like a shining star. She's always happy. She's always smiling. She's super strong. How old is she now, Sophie? She's six. We've had her since she was three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's your baby. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started to pour more into maternity. And, you know, us going in full force in portraiture, even though we were phasing out of weddings. So we didn't like completely stop weddings. We did both at the same time. So weeks for us were were full and then the weekends were full, right? But I stopped posting weddings. I stopped advertising weddings. I stopped talking to people about weddings. I was filling my calendar with portraiture. I was doing my best to, you know, post that on my Facebook, post it on Instagram. I would I would do test shoots so that I could have more work up because I wasn't booking, you know, I di- I didn't have that that portfolio to show. And the more I showed it, the more people, you know, resonated with it one because it was different, right? It was something that was 
you know, fantasy-like or something that a client could feel like, oh, if I have this idea, right? And I feel like when people are pregnant, I think it's a time where imagination really does tend to flow or they feel like, man, this is what I'm going through right now is like superhuman, (laughs) right? Like this is just, I'm carrying this being inside of me. And especially if it's their first pregnancy, like this is insane. And they feel empowered to do something out of the box. Like they feel empowered to, you know, dive deeper and to capture an alter ego or capture a side of themselves that they really want memorialized. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what makes maternity, like creative maternity, so special and what sets it apart from maybe other, you know, genres of like family portraiture or whatnot because of just how incredible the experience is for the mother. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you have embraced it and just, you know, your whole journey with everything, with everything you've done. I mean, like to be a foster parent is such a thankless job. I mean, okay. I hate to even, job is the wrong word, but like what you have done for your daughter is just the most incredible thing in the entire world. And to not, like, I feel like maybe some people might have gone in a different direction. Like I don't want to do maternity because it might be too painful or something. Mm-hmm. But man, just, it's, it's so incredible how something that, that you went through was so painful and I'm sure traumatizing just the whole thing turned into not only having your amazing daughter now, but turned into this career because like maybe if you had gotten pregnant biologically or whatever, you wouldn't have felt the need to switch out from weddings and then maybe you would have gotten burned out or, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a million different ways this could have gone. Mm -hmm. And then here you are with this amazing daughter and such a cool career and it's just wild how things work out and such a great mindset too. Your mindset is just, I just love that you, you took it in the direction that you did. Thank you. And everyone grieves differently. So if you're out out there listening and you went a different direction, like, you know, everyone deals with grief and trauma and all of these things in different ways. It's just, yeah. So I just wanted to say that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, that's what worked for me. That's, you know, I think that if I hadn't started to play around with it before (laughs) all of that happened, you know, maybe it would have been different, mm-hmm. but I'm happy that I was able to, to still, you know, there, there's so many women that I meet and they have in their mind that the end all and be all is to have a child biologically. And I, I understand that. I I get it, especially, you know, with the way that I saw my life working out. But what hurts me is when I see those women like hurting indefinitely, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're carrying that pain for such a long time. Some advice that I give is to just foster in in the meantime, foster care, 
you know, do some fostering if you can, if, if, if it, if it works for you, if it's something that you can, that would work with, you know, your life. I think that it's something that truly helps to shape and to shift perspectives on what it means to, to nurture and to protect and to love. I think it, it fostering really does a great job of teaching you beautiful life lessons. So, you know, if, if you want to have a child biologically or whatever the case, whatever it is that you decide that you want to do, you know, just dive into to fostering for just a little bit, you know, help out a child, help out a family and let that experience, you know, do its thing. And, you know, while you're doing that, help somebody who's in need. Um, I, I think that that truly saved, doing that really saved, saved us. Yeah. I mean, exactly what you said. I, I really love what you said about, you know, initially it's like, oh, I want to see if my child like looks like me or whatever. But in the end, when mm-hmm. I, when I, I, I don't even really see myself in my children. Like in the end, I want to know that they are loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where they came from, if they mm-hmm. came from me or someone else. Yeah. You know, it's, and you're right. There are so many children in this world who are, it just, it's almost like, what is it called when you, um, like a defense mechanism where some people I don't even think want to, your brain can't even go there to what happens to some of mm-hmm. these kids. Oh, but it, I'm But it you. is happening and it is oh, real. Yeah. It's. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And if you know that, if you know, like, even in just within a, an organization that is meant to, to protect the government, all of that, it's, you're dealing with people who could be so evil, Mm -hmm. so disgusting, so, you know, and if you are a good, loving person, you know what I mean? You are a good person that has the money, the time, the resources, the space that could protect that child from something so evil or protect those children from something so evil while, even if you're not going to adopt, while they look for someone to adopt them. Like, I, I just, you have no idea what you'd be doing for, for you know, a family mm-hmm. if you could do that. Yeah. Oh man, it is. It's just, uh, it's crazy. Everything, mm-hmm. all of it. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that you found your daughter and she, and she has you, oh. you know? Oh so, yeah. And to be able to pour the, pour your heart out into your business as a result of all of this mm-hmm. and change, you know, something I was thinking about is, and I know people want to know this is how, how do you switch over to something that you're so passionate about. Like there are a lot of people out there who maybe shoot weddings who are like, I don't want to do it anymore. I would prefer to do maternity or newborn or seniors or whatever it is, but they just Mm -hmm. feel like they are so entrenched in weddings and that money is coming in. And Mm -hmm. you know, how did you guys make that switch? Mm -hmm. You just got to start doing it and you have to be able to show that work. If you don't have the work, if you're not, spending your time, like the time when you're not shooting weddings and when you're not managing your business, you know, you need to spend the time creating the work. So if you have to 
schedule test shoots, find models, you know, reach out to mothers that you know. Mm-hmm. You have to have that work to show. And then you have to show it and show it a lot. If you have on your portfolio or on your website a mixed message, then it's going to be really difficult for your people to find you. It's going to be difficult for your people to to sit on your page and to sit on your Instagram or you know your Facebook and feel like they found a home because there's there's a mixed message that's there. So you really need to have that work to show and then you have to really spend time pubbing it. You have to really you know show that to people, have it on your Instagram um and just focus on it. So for me, that's what helped me make the switch is really focusing on that portraiture side and, and not spending as much time. You know, I I really stopped advertising weddings. I stopped, you know, posting weddings on my platforms. It wasn't what I wanted to shoot anymore. I didn't want to do that. So I did not advertise it. I had enough referral business and I had relationships with wedding planners. Of course, if you're in the wedding industry, you're going to have these relationships where business can come in and you need to do it at a pace that makes sense for you. Um, You need to look at your numbers and see where your money's coming in so that you can make that transition, you know, as gradually as you need to. But we had business that was still coming in with wedding planners that we had relationships with here in Atlanta. But I I stopped advertising weddings because I didn't want new business that, you know, wasn't coming in from referrals to continue to book up, you know, my schedule, Um, especially because of the fact that we, again, we had to stop working on the weekends anyways. We couldn't work on the weekends anymore. So if you know that, for instance, you're going to be making that switch, if you know that you're going to have to maybe have a couple slow months, maybe you spend the time ramping up your weddings Mm -hmm. for a bit so that you can have a little bit more money in your account for that slow season. That's great advice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for that time while you're transitioning over. But in any case, you have to just be clear. You have to be clear with your message, with what you show, um, and what you advertise. Yeah, I remember thinking, okay, I've got you know six weddings left or whatever it was, and I remember feeling like, oh, I have to post at least some sneak peeks, or these clients are going to be upset, and I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to, but I was like, that was the last of it. Like, I just posted a couple photos from each wedding, and then hurried up. And posted a bunch of portraits and some personal branding and some seniors, you know, and just like, just so it would bump it down a little bit, but then the client wouldn't Mm -hmm. be, I didn't, you know, I didn't want them to feel like I didn't love their photos or something. It was just all, I was just trying to change my marketing, (laughs) you know? Exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, I think, like you said, that there are going to be times when it's a little bit, when you're just switching over that it might be a little bit slower, Mm -hmm. but I almost feel like... And I've said this before, where there is this kind of mindset shift where you might not be booked out for an entire year. Like portraits, Mm -hmm. you tend to be booked out. You know, if you're really, you know, consistently bringing in clients, I'd be Mm -hmm. booked out for a couple months, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe six months at the maximum, I think is the Mm -hmm. most I've ever been booked out for portrait shoots. Mm -hmm. 
where I've heard some portrait photographers say they're booked out for like a year, you know? So, I, I mean, I guess it just depends, but it's, it's shifting that mentality that your calendar isn't going to be completely full, like it, a year in advance, like it would be yeah. for weddings. Yeah, absolutely. And then you need to figure out what can help you, you know, advertise and what, what can help you. Once you figure out that, that formula, you have to just be consistent. So yes. you have to be consistent on Pinterest. <laughs> you have to be consistent on Instagram. You have to be consistent, you know, on Facebook with your referrals, how you're reaching out to your past clients. You know, are you sending out gifts, you know, once a year or twice a year? You know, what are you doing with your your email marketing? Mm-hmm. Are you making sure that you're at the forefront of, you know, their minds are you constantly making sure that, hey, I am your portrait photographer. I am your portrait photographer for whatever genre it is that you focus on, whatever it is that your people you know, expect from you or want from you. You just have to be consistent and you're constantly doing it. When I was doing weddings, I didn't have to advertise as much because I had planners coming to me and telling me, hey, this is the next client. This is the next client. This is the next client. Of course, we would, you know, make sure that we were in magazines, for instance. Um, we would constantly send out submissions, constantly be on blogs as much as we could, just sending out our, our things in that way. Instagram wasn't a huge thing for me at that. It didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's how we did it. And I think that people underestimate referrals and repeat business and what you do with your past clients. Um, You really have to make sure that you are continuing to have that relationship with them because in portraiture, that's where a lot of your business is going to keep coming back. Now, as far as marketing in general for what you do now, Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you, you know, aside from like the past clients and that sort of thing? And I know in, in your first interview, we talked about how people will start following you way before they're even pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, I want a maternity shoot with you down the road. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, is there anything specific you do for marketing that that kind of keeps keeps people coming in? Sure. So I do email marketing and I'll, I'll send, and I don't do this often because I don't want to be spammy with you know, the people that do, you know, subscribe or do accept that. So when I send emails, it'll be for, you know, special occasions, things that, you know, that I really want them to know important, you know, moments or, or what have you. But I do send out emails throughout the year. And then we do advertise on, so Instagram I didn't used to have to <laughs> advertise on Instagram so much. Um, but of course, since they, you know, whenever <laughs> period it was when they made that last change to make it so that you have to pay to, to advertise, we do. We will pay not a whole lot of money. but Pay we'll, on Pinterest? On Instagram. Oh, I'm on sorry. Instagram. Sorry. I thought you said Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Instagram. Sorry. Got it. Mm-hmm. So we'll pay on Instagram to advertise, especially like shoots that do very well or posts that do very well. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll advertise that. But I'm consistently posting. So if I consistently post on Instagram, I'm going to consistently get leads to 
um, for consultations. So especially, you know, if I, if I boost a post that I knew got something like, you know, three times as much likes as my normal amount of, of likes on, on pictures on Instagram, I know that I will get more um, leads for consultations, more requests for consultations. And then Pinterest, I am doing my very best <laughs> to pin like three pins a day. So that has helped a lot as well. Pinning on Pinterest has people will call me just from Pinterest. I saw that is awesome on Pinterest. It was beautiful. I needed to know who the photographer was. I clicked on it. I saw your website and they went ahead and booked a consultation. So I'm constantly, you know, posting on, on Pinterest. I'm constantly on Instagram. I am doing a better job on Facebook, (laughs) but when it comes to advertising, that's what we're doing. But so much of my business, I would say over 50% comes from referrals. It comes from people who you photographed my line sister, you photographed my cousin, uh, you photographed my husband's best friend's brother's wife. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really, you know, the world is small and it's not, I'm not photographing people who are here in Atlanta. I would say Maybe thirty percent of my clients are from here. The okay, rest so people are traveling to you. Yes, yes. Ooh, the majority even of my clients are coming That's from ex- all over. I and would, they know I would travel to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not having any more babies, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would travel so, to you. I, there's so many like, and and they know each other. Like everybody knows each other. It doesn't matter if they've traveled to me from California or from Seattle, they know somebody who's photographed with me, right? So for me, what I believe is a huge contributor to that is the experience that I provide the client because they leave the studio and they want to tell others about the experience that they had in the studio with me and my team or leading up to their shoot. So many people have bad experiences getting photographed. So many people, right? That's true. You have so many people who will, you know, say they're a photographer and they they might do good work, but they don't know how to connect with the client. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to make the client feel comfortable. They don't, especially if they're pregnant, (laughs) right? And they are swollen or they're dealing with pain or, you know, if, if I have a client that comes in and I know nothing about creating a beautiful experience and this maternity client comes in and she passes out, right? Because she was holding her breath while she was being photographed and, you know, whatever else. And that's happened to me on different, like I'll say twice where I've had a client she just didn't want to breathe while she was being photographed. She would hold her breath. I could tell something was a little off. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Don't worry about it. And then literally two seconds later, you know, passed out, comes back to what we're doing at that moment is turning on our, uh, the, 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 the meditation music, 
immediately. I'm bringing out a humidifier with essential oils or whatever I need to do. I'm sitting them back in the makeup chair. I am reclining their head. It's like a day at the spa. (laughs) Ma'am. Yeah, it is. It's like a day at the spa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I know how much that is going to speak for me after they leave. And because that's what I, how I would want to be treated. If yeah. I'm going through all of that and I'm carrying a human being inside of me, you know what I mean? I don't want to have to, you know, I, I, I kind of put them through it when I pose them, right? <laughs> when, I, when we go through posing. So everything else is really about making sure that they're good, that they feel comfortable, that they feel at ease. They need water. We're running to grab them water. They, you know, need a tissue. We're running to grab them the tissue, you know, we're touching up their their hair and their makeup while they're on the, like, just really making sure that they feel pampered because that referral, that referral business that I get is, is huge. So, you know, I know that that will, will help to do the work for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. I like that you said you've been using Pinterest. I've been looking into using Pinterest more lately. I, I've kind of avoided it. Mm-hmm. I just hired someone to help me because I just... My brain doesn't want to do anything else that I'm not already doing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm like, how do I? Okay. Anyway, so I just hired someone to help me do some Pinterest work. I mean, mm-hmm. simple things like you said, pinning a couple times a day and and labeling it and describing it. And I know there are like courses and things out there on how to use Pinterest or whatever. I just never have really, you know, gotten too much into it. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to. We're getting that going here this week, actually. So I'm excited yeah, it, to see how that how that goes. I think you'll see like changes real fast. Like you'll you'll see how it affects your business quickly. I think that, you know, I I know I can see when I when I don't spend time on it, how it affects the business. And when I do spend time, you know, making those pins, and they're not complicated pins, right? But when I do spend the time doing that, it really does make a difference. Like immediately I'll get people who will say, I found you on Pinterest. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear you say that. Mm, Awesome. Yeah. So people are pinning your pins and then does it link back to your website or is it linking to your Instagram or both? So right now my pins link back to my website. Sometimes I'll put like a link to Instagram as well. Uh, But I always do put my Instagram profile name on my pins, even if it links back to my website. So that if somebody wants to just, you know, copy and paste so that they can see that they can. But yeah, that it, it right now they link mostly back to my website. Okay, cool. Ooh, I'm excited now. <laughs> it's like an untapped thing I've never, I've never tried or used. So oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get going on it and report back, everyone, how it's going. <laughs> so, yeah, very cool. Well, thank you for coming back again and for sh- just being so open and vulnerable. And I know there are other women out there who are, you know, experiencing what you have with infertility. And just I have two friends right now going through IVF and... Mm. It is no joke no. what they put, what your body goes through, and um, yeah, I hope that with the con- you know the condition that you have now, I hope it just stays. You know, I don't know if remission is the right word, but well, I'm not in um, remission right now, but I'm I'm managing it. 
So okay. I was in remission. I came, <laughs> I think stress, yeah. stress completely like jacked that up for me, but I'm definitely on a journey of living as healthy of, of a lifestyle as I can. So, and that's helped a lot. So I, I'm managing it and I'm living a full life. I'm happy. You know, it's just, I just had to make changes. And mm. at the end of the day, sometimes experiences like this are the things that save you, you know? So they, they help write your path. They help you refocus on what's important and what you should be focusing on. So that's what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for my life. I'm thankful for, you know, where I am in my life and, and for my family, for my husband, my daughter, the rest of my family, life is good. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm blessed. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is definitely a pleasure. Awesome. All right. Hopefully I'll meet you in person soon. That would be yes. awesome. I know it's going to happen soon. I know I it will. So, so I Are can't you going wait. to the Portrait Masters Conference? I won't be. I won't be this year, but I, year. I'm hoping I'll be there next year. Yep. Yeah. Or WPPI or something. Yes, absolutely. That would be incredible. All right. Thanks again, Sophie. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.